I can't make a PowerPoint presentation. Obviously, you know that about me. Oh, I understand mm-hmm. that. You know what, Casey? I'm, I Is it the time? No, I to didn't. give me a... Oh, okay. no. All I right. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit she meant it that way. Hi guys, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's another episode of Busy Phillips <laughs> doing her best. I'm joined per usual by Casey St. Ange. Here she Hello. is. Hello. In a minute, Raymond Padilla is going to join us as co-host for today. <laughs> um, and here we are, Casey. Here we are. Here we are. Back again. We, we took, took a, a- week. We took a week off. We had to regroup. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, it was so nice. All of your messages worrying if we were okay. Well, to be honest, I don't know if I am. Let's just, I'm going to be, I don't have time for fucking bullshit. I'm not sure. Not sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I mean, listen, who is okay? That's the thing. But we had realized it had been like 30 weeks since we had taken a break and we were like, let's give ourselves a week off. We're the bosses of us. We are the bosses of us. And we, yeah. And we did those 30 episodes and we, um, even when I was filming the TV show and powered through and then yeah. we just needed a week off. And you know what? We might need a week off in the future. Yeah. It happens. We might need I mean, I don't I can't even I can't predict what yeah. amount of time off we may or may not require <laughs> of ourselves as we are our own bosses. Raymond is in my closet and he's uh, joining us live as you can see. Raymond did not help me fix my closet yet that um, <laughs> fell the rod. They're coming if they're coming tomorrow to fix the closet. I do think we could do it ourselves. I'm not kidding. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just a screw popped off or something. And then I added one more sweater and the whole thing came down. Yeah. Guys, screws fall out all the time. It's an imperfect world. Do you know what movie that's from? No. No, but it sounds familiar. The Breakfast Club. Um, I'm not great at knowing things like that. You know what I mean? I think it is. Anyway, I could be paraphrasing. Um, I haven't seen The Breast Breastfist. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what it's called, guys. I have not seen The Breakfast Club movie in quite some time. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. That's not one that they've redone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Busy, you know this. I told you this, that I... Um, have been working on, I love John Hughes movies. I know they don't really hold up necessarily so much in the year 2021. Ray, you're so young. Do you know from John Hughes movies at all? Yes, of course. I've seen The Breakfast Club. I've seen um, Molly Ringwald, you know, like she's... Okay, there you go. Yeah, Molly Ringwald was (laughs) such a hero of mine, but I've been messing around with a little bit. It could never be done. It could never be made, but messing around a little bit with a a script for a movie called 48 Candles, where it's Molly Ringwald's 48th birthday and her family fucks it up. Uh And um, I just would like to make that movie where, you know, and get... Why is it 46? Because uh, I don't, I don't know. Cause I'm, I'm 48. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> okay. But maybe like, 
Because 16 times three is 48. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, I like it and I would watch that movie, but you know, I like, um, want to encourage you to continue on that path anyway, the screen reading <laughs> route. Um, but I want you to write the movie for me first that you're working on. Yeah. So working on it. I know. Working on um, guys, uh, well, here we are. We're back. We're back. We took that week. We regrouped. I didn't really. I don't know if it was beneficial for me to take a week off at all. In fact, I don't think I accomplished much of anything that- Did it make it worse? Maybe. It might have made it worse. <laughs> yeah. It actually might have been- it might have been the thing. Because when we do the podcast, like we talk about things and yeah. like maybe it's helpful and like maybe we made it worse. Well, for sure. I mean, I do. I have to turn my volume down because I can see that my levels are off the charts. I forgot how to modulate my voice with that one week <laughs> off. Um, I know I'm too loud. Anyway, shit's gone crazy uh, for me in all kinds of ways. But, uh, you know, here's what you got to do, guys. When shit goes crazy, you have to... Call your therapist, schedule some appointments. You have to make sure that you're doing things that help you, like um, working out, which I did realize last week because I had had that bruised rib and blah, de, blah, de, blah. I like wasn't doing any sort of exercise, which, you know, really impacts my brain space and really yeah. is a thing for me. And one of the reasons why I'm not going to cry. Oh no, already. It's okay. I know. But one of the reasons why um, I like started doing my workout every single day many years ago was because of the noticeable difference that it had on my um, anxiety and my mood regulation and stuff. Um, and then I, you know, a little bit kind of like fell into a well, like baby Jessica and I, or my AirPod. Um, <laughs> and I like just couldn't, I just couldn't, I just couldn't get on that tramp. I just couldn't do it. And I, and you know, and my ribs hurt and it's just been, you know, it's been hard, but I, so, but I dragged myself to that trampoline on like Saturday, I think. I also like, so I, we had a good thing that happened last week, which was the, like, we had this offer accepted on a place here in New York. And That's good. yeah, it was great and super exciting because I feel like uh, you know, I'm, we are a home that has three cancers in it, the astrological mm. sign cancer. And yeah. therefore our shells are of the utmost importance. And when we feel yes. like we don't have our shells on, we are like naked crabs. Yeah. And that's not a great place to be. You know, no naked crab is the salad. It's the saddest. <laughs> <laughs> it's a salad. <laughs> well, that's essentially what we are. We're crab salad right now, and uh, and bird too. Even though bird is a Leo, they still have like you know, it's been really hard. They've felt in in a lot of ways like very unmoored 
by this move. And also because, guys, you know, we didn't bring everything here. Like, we don't have, it's not, we like moved into a partially furnished place. We have some stuff, but not a ton of stuff. Some stuff got sent. It's just like a mess, right? So anyway, we had had this offer accepted on a place here that we were so thrilled about. And we showed the like showed the kids the pictures over the weekend and like it was like going to be perfect for our needs moving forward and like giving them just a grounded space and New York real estate's wild like in LA I signed so many offers back and forth and countering or whatever in New York you like don't sign anything until it's just an accepted offer a deal And so they had the deal memo to sign and they changed their mind over the weekend and decided not to sell the house at all. Ah, shit. I know. I'm sorry. I know. It's like fucking wild. And also, like I was devastated. Like yesterday, I could not stop crying. You can ask Ray. Yes. I was just like wandering around the house weeping. Yeah. That sucks. You were like your own baby, Jessica, you know, except the well was this rental unit. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) well no and i know all the things we know all the things of course something better this it wasn't the right thing something better is gonna happen but i just wanted it fucking done i wanted one thing to feel like i knew what was gonna happen you know and like in on the at the tail end of this one year of such fucking uncertainty, you know, and like so much change and so much weirdness. I just wanted a thing that I felt like was stable, you know, and um, I guess it's not that thing, but uh, it was really, it was really hard for me. And, uh, obviously, and, and Ileana went and interviewed with the people that bought my house with, for their, their kid for, to be a nanny for oh their kid. Oh my God, you're really? kidding. Ah, Ray is shook. You didn't know that. I didn't tell you. No, you didn't tell me that was, that's hot okay. internal goss. Okay. Well, here's, yeah. Hot, hot internal staff goss, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so wait, so Ileana is my kids and my, let's be real, beloved nanny of uh, over 12 years. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, Le- yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, Ileana, if you read my book, I talk about Ileana uh, at great length. Um, I have post about Ileana, you know, Ileana like really made everything that I have been able to do in my career. Um, and a lot of stuff in my personal life, like totally possible for me to do while having children, you know, because, um, I grew up like, you know, most people without my parents didn't have, I like didn't even have a consistent babysitter you know what I mean like right right and um and I didn't really know what that what that was like having somebody help you with your with your child care and um and at first I didn't think that I like need I was you know it was I went through a lot as a young new mom like 
I had postpartum anxiety, which I've talked about before. And I, this is in my book. And like, I didn't want other people to like really hold Birdie or help me with Birdie because I felt like they were going to do it wrong. And yeah. like, I just remember so clearly, and we had had like a couple people I'd, I'd sort of met with, but I was just very uncomfortable with all of it, you know? And, and, um, I had gotten Cougar town and it had been picked up and it was just like very, it was clear. I had to have someone to watch this baby. And, uh, and Ileana came in and just like picked Birdie up and Birdie just like nuzzled into Ileana. And it was, and like, and I just was like, okay, yeah, that's it. Like I just knew and um and then Nana really just like took care of me and helped me in so many ways and um and I love her so much um so she Ileana uh was able to come out to New York and visit us for three weeks um she quarantined in a hotel um and then you know got tested and then came over and stayed with us for three weeks and it was so nice for the girls and then you know she needed to go back to LA and she's like I guess you guys are staying here and I was like yes and uh you know we I mean we had talked about it before but she was like I really I'm it's time busy like you know like <laughs> this whole time yeah. she's been in LA and she was watching our cats for us until they got out here and so I was like well I'm just like I'm paying Nana the same amount that I've always paid Nana like she just can you know she hasn't been a like she hasn't been nannying for she's just kind of been hanging out you know yeah and I think that that was good for a while and then I think Ileana is like I am bored and I would like to have a job so uh so she left she went back to LA and I wrote this letter um you know like just to help like a recommendation letter to, to get Nana her next family to help her find her next family. <clears throat> and she sent me her resume and I attached the resume and sent the letter to, you know, like mom contacts from the schools my kids went to before. And, um, and some people like just that I thought might know people that had like small children or babies and in the first two days, Ileana got um, 130 calls for interviews. Incredible. Whoa. <laughs> Fucking 130. And I'm still getting, she's still, she's still getting calls and I'm still getting emails from people because I left my email, my information on there. Like, just because I was like, well, I, I, maybe that, maybe I should have directed them to you, Ray. I don't know. Cause now, but I didn't think it was going to go so far outside my, immediate circle of people but boy has that thing traveled ray like ray's face you're like that's incredible it's crazy Wait, I know. i'm so happy i am shocked by actually i'm not shocked by all the calls yeah i wasn't shocked by all the calls i mean i was shocked by the sheer number of it because i thought like because that's like a lot like that seems yeah. that's like a lot of people that are like need a nanny you know what i mean but um but also i just i love nana i mean like when, no, no, I can't, I can't do anything today. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's like, I don't want to be like one of those fucking like white ladies talking about their kid's nanny. Like, you know what I mean? I read that fucking book, you know? What I don't know which book. book? <laughs> what is that book called, Casey? I, the I book 
and it's like about the Brooklyn like hipster family and the nanny that works for them. And it was like on Oprah's list. Oh, like God. two years ago. Oh God! And I think they're making it into a movie. Oh, oh my I don't God, know. you guys! But I'm just about audience. like just about like you know unself aware like white moms. You know, we only ever had a nanny for like two months in Brooklyn because my son learned to talk really early, and she could not handle our talking. <laughs> She was just like, this kid does not shut up and he is like too heavy to carry around. I'm so that's sorry. so funny. I'm giving my two weeks notice. Well, that's probably also true of a kidnapper. So you're good there too. <laughs> <laughs> you know? They'd give him back. He would just be like, our kid would come home and be like, mom, Nora took me to McDonald's uh, two times today. <laughs> Oh my God, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> and he would be like, Nora said my diaper really smelled bad. <laughs> oh my God. And she'd be like, he rats me out constantly. He is re- super heavy and I just, I'm not, I'm not here for it. <laughs> he was super heavy? Like he, my son was super tall. And so Eli? Yeah, Eli. And so he was, you know, he was, he was young. I was the same way and my dad was the same way. When my dad was a child, he was very tall and therefore very heavy, but mm-hmm. still like in a stroller. So people would always ask my grandmother like, oh, what's wrong with him? And she'd be like, oh, he's like one, you know, like he can't Wait, really yeah. But that was the same with Birdie. Oh, really? Yes. yes. Because, but also if you have kids that are like preternaturally verbal. Yeah. People always assumed that Birdie was like a year older. And yes. still, you guys, to this fucking day, people assume that Birdie is like 15 when they hear them talk. Yes. And yeah. I'm like, no, not even 13 yet. <laughs> like they it is and it would always I would do this thing on the playground Casey you never we've talked about this yes I would do this thing on the playground where Bernie was like one where I would like loudly to no one (laughs) say say Bernie's age like as if I were saying it to Bernie but like just like because I wanted the other moms at the playground to know <laughs> that the way that Birdie was acting was appropriate for their age. But the fact that like Birdie was speaking in literal sentences <laughs> at age one, people assumed that they were like well over two <laughs> and but then like would act, like was like falling down and like couldn't really do. You know what I mean? So I would like really it wasn't I mean, also, you know let go of that like who gives a fuck what people think about your kids but like I do remember as a first time parent being so like why I was wild it was wild I'd be like oh my gosh you 13 month olds are so crazy aren't they (laughs) like what (laughs) stop but anyway um that's really funny such a fun age is the book that I was talking about oh there you go okay yeah such a fun age don't know it but it doesn't matter anyway uh, I mean, well, it doesn't book. surprise it's- me. Nana got a hundred. Tw- I mean, we've been in a pandemic for a year. People been fucking. Obviously, yeah, they all they all have three month old babies. Yes, that's you know, right. oh, that's true. That's true. That's right. Oh my god, you're so right. The the COVID baby boom. 
I'm, I haven't looked it up, but I'm assuming there's a lot of three month old to well, and also, one month old babies. Yeah. Also, to your point, anyone that didn't get help because they didn't want to bring someone into their house during the pandemic. So they've been doing it on their own maybe for like a year. Right. You yes. know what I mean? And people feel ready. A lot of people feel ready now to have people help. in their house again and help in their house again, especially because, um, I don't know. In a lot of places, childcare workers here in New York, childcare workers are eligible. Yeah. And a, a lot of get. people probably feel ready to never see their kids again. Mm, interesting. Mm. Yeah. I don't know what that is, Casey. I can't possibly <laughs> relate to that. So, um, well, anyway, so that was my, that's my Nana story. I like, I'm so excited for Nana to have a new experience with new little kids and then also just so sad for myself, obviously. Um, it is sad because she's like a family member. I'm yes. sad. I love Nana so much. She's just such a loving and welcoming person. And it's really rare. You know, that's like just a vibe that is very important to me in people. Like just someone who's instantly welcoming and Nana has always been like that just always like they're happy to see you I don't know why mm -hmm. Nana would ever be happy to see me I'm not a kid <laughs> you know like I like I don't know she's she's just she's a just like a really nice special person yeah and yeah. and I think that like Nana loves taking care of kids and like yeah really is into it like yeah. really loves their different weird personalities and it's, like plays with them and yeah. like the amount of times this was in my letter to that I sent out but like I cannot tell you in those early years of Cougar Town when I had such guilt about leaving Birdie to work and I would miss the baby classes those developmental baby classes the music and the whatever gymnastics where they just like take a parachute and just like throw it over the babies like the whole time. And you're just like, what is this doing? But, um, the amount of times that then like I would have like, like an afternoon off of shooting Cougar town. And I was, and I would be like, ah, I'm going to go to the baby gym class. Or I'm going to go to the baby music class or whatever. And I would take birdie and other moms would come up to me or the teachers of the class would come up to me and say like, you are so lucky. Do you know that your nanny is playing with that baby the entire class and is so engaged with that kid and blah, 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 blah. And I didn't even like at the time, because I had never had any help, obviously, and I'd never had a baby. I didn't even realize. But then as like, as I did have more experience and then with cricket and I saw like how rare that is to have like our, my kids were constant. They have such a close tight bond with Nana because she really, really like cared for them. And there are so many, there are so many nannies and like babysitters and childcare workers who are the same are like that, you know, yeah. who really love working with the kids, but there are also like, a lot of people who like want to actually just have other jobs and they're like doing it for a minute. Well, there, you know yeah, what I mean? there's like, a difference between someone who's just doing it because it's like a job right now. But like for some people, it's really a calling. And for Nana, it's a calling. It's her calling. Yes, I know. And so anyway, I just love Nana. But it's but that that's been that was hard. That's been hard for all of us. And like even, you know, sometimes cricket 
has a hard time asking questions um, of things like for of things that sh- she doesn't quite understand, like um, like what it means that Nana's like not going to be working for us anymore. And like a, a week or so after Nana left, Cricket was just in such a bad mood and then was crying so hard before bed. And I was like, baby, you just you got to tell me what's going on. Like. I can help you. This is what parents, this is what moms do. This is what parents do best. Like I can help figure it out, whatever it is. Like I can figure it, help you figure it out. And Cricket was just like, I just, I'm never going to see Nana again. And I was like, oh no, Cricket. (laughs) No, of course you are. Like, of course you are, sweetheart. Like you will be in touch with Nana forever, you know, and you can always FaceTime her or text her and say hi and, um, but she'd been holding on to that, like without, without verbalizing it. Cause she was afraid, Yeah, you know, <sighs> anyway. Um, so yeah, that, that happened. <laughs> so this happened. Are we, can we, can we cancel? Can we just like not cancel whatever? Can we just end up, can we just like all agree that we need to stop using that as a caption? Yeah. Or like I did. So I did a thing. So I did a thing. So this happened. Mm-hmm. So this happened. And it's like your wedding. It's like, guys, just write a fucking real thing. Write a real caption. You got married. That's exciting. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be. So this thing happened. I roll emoji. Um, I get it. I get the instinct to like minimize it. Minimize. Because you like, I get. you don't want to tempt fate and you don't want to show your hand that it like means a lot. Cause you don't want to wear your heart on your sleeve. Cause Guys, you don't want get those hearts out there. Yeah, put your heart on your sleeve, man. I guess. I think it's hard. I think it's because people, it's like their natural inclination to like not be vulnerable on the internet because it's such a violent place. Yeah. Right. But I think that like if it's right and I also maintain, you know, I have a lot of theories about this, but I also maintain it's hard for people to be genuinely vulnerable and not like um, doing a thing where they're um, do like a um, performative vulnerability. Yes. You know, performative vulnerability is like actually not vulnerability. That's just like you're just doing a thing to get a response. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, uh, that was that was that I have had therapy my therapist gave me a good um thing for me to do which is uh, a practical thing which is to make a list of all the things that I need to do and then go through that list and think about which things can be postponed which things can be sort of maybe there's some things that can be crossed off altogether and then uh which things really need to be accomplished Sooner rather than later, because I've been um, a little bit, we're just going to say depressed. And I've been finding it very hard to do things. So I haven't made the list yet, but (laughs) (laughs) just make a list that says make the list. Yeah. You guys, here's the list. (laughs) I do want to show you. Here's the list. She's showing us her journal that says things to do. Put and make, make a list right make, there. Make yeah. a list. Um, but guys, I mean, if you're out there, if you're also in a similar state, maybe because I feel like it's it's a common one these days. 
uh, I do think that that's a great practical thing you could do. And I guess you just have to do it. I haven't gotten there yet, but I'm working toward that. It's really helpful. I live and die by a list and I, you know, I'm the same way busy. I really getting depressed for me really just shuts me down and I just can't move forward. Um, yeah, it really just, it shuts me down. It shuts me off. And a list is really a rope to pull myself out of that hole. So I hope you're able to do that. And, uh, even <laughs> call on me, even if you need me to write that list down for you, if you need Raymond to write that list down for you, if that's what you need to just like get one thing going, we are here for you because, you know, I feel for you. I've definitely been there and we're team you. We're rooting for you. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I'm rooting for me too. I just like don't have any fucking, this is the thing that I've always like you don't have time for this shit, you know? I don't have time to be depressed and like sad well, about so much. Guess what? You do. I guess so. <laughs> I think you have though, no choice. I think that you have to like realize that like cuz I am the same way where I get paralyzed and I'm like I just don't have time to deal with this like I'm just not going to. But if you instead allocate, you know, like I'm going to deal with these feelings for 20 minutes. You know, like mm -hmm. when I first got here, this was, it's really hard, you know? And so like at the end of each day, I have a routine where I take a certain walk home and like, I have only that walk to cry or like, you know, like not think about <laughs> <laughs> like everything, so <laughs> you know, but like in six weeks, like that walk is instead of becoming my moment to cry, it's like, this is my, it, it's evolved into like, this is my 25 minutes of like, I'm not going to think about work. I'm not going to think about all the decisions I'm going to make. I'm just going to look around and like experience something new because like I wasn't doing that before. And like, this is all I have, you know? So it's like, you never know what it could turn into. So before it used to be like a really sad walk home. And now it's like, this is my breath of fresh air, you know? When you don't think about work, does that mean you don't think about me? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm teasing you. Um, I'm also into really, I'm also really into pairing sadness with like, um, you know, mundane tasks. Like I'm all about like, well, you have to fix your closet. I'm all about like, well, I'm going to sadly fix this closet. I'm going to mm -hmm. tearfully rehang these clothes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to angrily organize this garage yeah. whatever you know and it just it kind of works it kind of fuels if you're able to do that if you're able to do that not always but sometimes it's helpful yeah I mean I do feel like I was I did I had gotten that like pep from the the house and then I um organized I did did like clean I cleaned I didn't organize I like cleaned shit up because yeah. I had been not doing chores yeah household chores and stuff like I was in that place and I wasn't working out and I was just like eating like just bad food and like not doing good things for myself you know the things that I know yeah. make me I was I was doing all the things that I know make me feel worse not better yeah and yet I couldn't fucking stop doing them yeah you know yeah yeah and so that was a bummer. But then when I did have that like a little glimmer of like something with that house, then I did, I did get 
I had a pretty good weekend and actually in Bird and I had a really fun time on Sunday making cookies for the Grammys yeah. and um and then watching Birdie's beloved Harry Styles perform. <laughs> Although I was disappointed that he didn't do like more of a medley. Yeah. Why didn't he do more of a medley? I don't know. Poor management. I don't either. Also, I'm going to say something controversial. uh Oh, Oh, no. What? And like, as, you know, the resident homosexual here, I like, you know, I'm representing a lot of people, but it's one too many feather boas. It was Mm. one too many. (laughs) He had a feather boa for each outfit. There were three outfit changes. There were three feather boas. It's too many feather boas. It was weirdly math teachery because you, you did your math teacher just have like a uniform in high school where they just wore like a blue polo shirt and khakis I don't or whatever. Remember. It was I don't the remember. same. It was the same outfit three times over, right? Just like a well, feather. There was well, like no leather. No. There was the like Mick Jagger leather. Yeah. That was the performance look. I mean, all I saw was the feather boa. I, I and just, with a feather with the gr- Grinch yeah. feather, boa. feather boa. Yeah. Then there was the clueless inspired blazer, which is just clueless. a look I've been trying to I've been trying to have that look for many years. I the clueless look, can I just be honest? The clueless look was like my number one. I'm I was uh fucking obsessed with the clueless look. I was too, but I just thought it was too many feather boas. It didn't need it. Okay. You know? <laughs> I mean, agree to disagree on the feather boas. And then he did the portrait studio. You know how you they like usher yeah. you guys all into those like portrait studios after people win sure, and he sure. wore a third look with a third feather boa wait i didn't see that you have yeah. to send me that picture i'll send it to you the, okay. when you're like in i'm surprised birdie didn't send it to you like it's <laughs> well, like, no, like, like this is a one-sided relationship you know what i mean like yeah I, they don't send me anything i yeah. send birdie yeah. things but there's i'm never i'm almost never getting a response you know yeah <laughs> My interest in Harry Styles is just Mm -hmm. um, only extends to trying to see what I believe he's doing in homage to Prince. I believe he's a big Prince fan. Prince Mm -hmm. wore feather boas to uh, many Mm -hmm. music awards shows. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. Harry's sign of the times. Prince had a sign of the times, obviously. So that's that's all I'm paying attention to. And I have to say, I didn't even really watch the Grammys because um, I don't know. I'm just like not in an awards show frame of mind. Well, me neither. But I do think that these were the best Grammys I've ever seen. Yeah, I I heard they were so great. They were so great because like what I've always hated about the Grammys is is that they do it at the Staples Center and it's like they have a huge crowd and everybody's like sitting in the audience the whole time and you're like, you can't, you never know. And because it's like so huge, it's like packed with so many fucking people. And so it's not like you don't get to see the stars. They're like surrounded by like... Music executives. Lab- label yeah, people. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say music executives. Like, label people. Oh, are like, yeah. I don't care who those fucking people are. And there's just so much, there's so much extra, yeah. like, in the mm. Grammys normally. And they, because they couldn't do it, it was like, those, they had these little cocktail tables and it was like, Taylor Swift and her guest and, like, Lizzo and her guest and then at the Harry Styles and his manager and then like you know it was just so Beyonce and Jay-Z yeah like yeah so it was just like you just saw 
the people you want to fucking see and you didn't have to see anybody else. And then the way that they did the performances in the opening was like Jules Holland. You would have loved it, Casey. And so they just like sort of like cycled around this stage where they were all sort of set up in different ways. And here's another thing that I loved about the Grammys. I was introduced because, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm like very much an indie music bitch. Yes. And through my kid, I've been just dragged into this (laughs) pop world that I am, you know, okay with for the most part. (laughs) But like, uh, but so Bernie's like become really into Taylor Swift too, which is like so funny for me Um, and adorable. And like, I love that song Lover now. So there, um, Ray is a big Tay Swift fan. I wouldn't say big. I would just say like, I'm I got into my car. You were driving it and it was like a whole album of Taylor Swift was playing. Yeah, it was. (laughs) Here's the thing. I would say that I'm an albumist. And so I like to listen to a full album and give it a shot. And not for nothing. Yeah. Completist. I think not for nothing. Her album is to me right now in the moment that I'm experiencing, I can feel happy and sad at the same time, you know? Okay. Mm. I don't know. It's like that Casey Musgrave song. Yeah. And see happy, Casey Musgrave. Happy and sad. That was an album of my past. Taylor's mm-hmm. one of the current. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got it. Well, Bird loves, uh, loves Taylor now. And, uh, so that's been on heavy rotation. I thought Taylor's performance was cool. And Billie Eilish, we watched that documentary. It's really good. I haven't oh, watched nice. it yet, but I want to. I always and think it's interesting when the artist like wins the Grammy and then they like spend the whole speech talking about another artist. Did yeah. you see that? How she like she was like a, saying that Meg should have won, which true, like nobody had a bigger year, but it's always like just a little uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. Like Beyonce or Adele did it with Beyonce, you know. I just it's just like we totally understand, but then it's like, what do you do with that? Yeah. Why? Because, like, are you going to give the Grammy to? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And also, not for nothing, like, no shade to Billy or her brother, but, you know, Phineas was just standing there so eager, beaver, to speak. And he couldn't because his sister gave the whole speech to Meg. So. Well, Phineas is, like, as much a part of that music as. Totally. Totally. She is. And those are his moments to, like, you know, accept and, She's like, also say like, something. How old is she? Like, 19, 20? think i don't know i can't but somewhere She's in there very young yeah okay anyway so but and silk sonic or whatever oh the new band yeah the new yeah. super group yeah with yeah. anderson pack and little, tiny little teacup bruno mars Ugh. bruno mars that is what i watched a clip of that and obviously i died I obviously was, that's yeah. my jam yeah, yeah, it was my jam too. I was like so fucking into it. Wouldn't have known that was even existing were it not that I watched the Grammys with Birdie. And then the baby. <laughs> I loved him. So remember like 20 minutes ago where you're like, I don't want to be one of those white ladies who talks about <laughs> Is it okay? Listen, is it is it little baby? What is it? There's oh no! A couple. Did I get so it wrong? No, you didn't. It's just the way you said it. Was it was just the baby. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like when they used to talk to that little dinosaur in that dinosaur yeah. show. That is Gotta my love spirit, the baby. I I am the baby dinosaur. <laughs> you know that. Oh my gosh! So funny. But you know no, what else? that is. 
Yeah. Hmm. You know what else I loved about the Grammys? Uh, one of hmm. our busy tonight producers, Carly Siegel, was a producer on the Grammys. Shout out to Miss oh. Carly. I wow. saw that. I saw that on uh, Carly's Instagram. Congratulations, Carly. Really moving on up in the world. Everybody from Busy Tonight has gone on to do great things. Well, and here we are. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. doing this podcast. <laughs> I think you've gone on to do great things. Yeah. Elizabeth, I know. Elizabeth. I have. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Your great sorry. things coming. All right. So we loved the Grammys, even though we didn't entirely watch all of them, all of us. But um, maybe we I should. I just felt like to me, it was like, because I didn't watch the thing originally. Oh, my God. There's my headband. In your closet. Which headband? Um, This like white torn one that's been missing. Oh, what? I know. I didn't. I saw that. I literally almost threw it out. I was like, what is this? Yeah. Whenever I wear it, people are always like, you look like the guy in Pearl Harbor who's like head's (laughs) bleeding. And I'm like, that's not nice. It looks like a bandage. Yeah. Raymond, get it down. (laughs) Get it. Get it down and show Casey. Just real real fast. I, I went and bought a beanie and then I cut the beanie because I just wanted a white our off-white headband. But the thing is, is you have to fold it so that it doesn't look like a bandage. Just FYI, Busy's in her room and Ray's in her closet because that's like how janky we have to do this podcast. So Ray just found his, and it does, I mean, it's It looks like a sweatband. Yeah, but Mm -hmm. it does look a little, and (laughs) Ray just found his. So rude. Like, it looks like a sweatband. You know, I'm just being the like 80s flash dance girl I always wanted to be. Yeah, it does. Your the, skin looks really good. It does the job oh, and your you. skin looks good in that closet. It is weird thank that you. you're that we made you go in a closet. Yeah, like on principle, I didn't want to record in here because I like <laughs> it took so long to come out of the closet. But here we are. <laughs> here we are. If my recording stuff hadn't already been set up, I would have gladly gone into the closet. The closet <laughs> is my happy place. Yeah, and this one isn't bad. <laughs> it's I like enjoy being in the closet um, and it doesn't hold anything for me like emotionally, <laughs> you know? So, um, okay. So I guess I did my best. At, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. What do you feel but, like you did your best at this week? You haven't gotten to the list yet. I did start working out because I knew that that was like, even though I didn't want to even though I knew, but I felt like that was the thing that I knew was going to make a difference in my ability to, to continue to do other stuff and get other stuff done. Yeah. So I did get back on my workout train as begrudgingly, but yeah. I did it. I saw you sweating. I did it. Yeah. I'm posting those fucking videos again. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. um, so it's been day. This is like day three or four, I think maybe three. And so I feel like that's, that's good. That's, I, and I, and I am trying to do my best at like, even though I can't in some ways show up for myself in this moment, like showing up for the kids. I was just going to say that. I think you did your best with like, you hate watching award shows. I really don't love it. You love baking with the kids and like you found a way to make the award shows work for you. That's true. And Cricket did a PowerPoint presentation. Saw that. That's iconic. Because it was truly iconic. Cricket wants a goldfish. Well, I think you have to finish. Tell us, did, is she getting the fish? 
I mean, I think so, right? Like, how do you say no to that? Yeah. We, I loved that fish in LA that you killed, Ray. I didn't kill the fish. Raymond. I didn't. I'm going to be 100% honest. I may have killed the fish by, like, indirection and that, like, I don't think that I properly knew how to have the our housekeeper clean the bowl. Got it. Because here's what happened. Nana was like, you have to clean the fish bowl. And I was like, she's like, just ask the housekeeper to do it. And I was like, okay, easy. Like, what are the directions? And she's like, just put the fish in a pitcher and then clean the bowl. And like, that was... Oh, yeah, that, no, that doesn't work. Mm. So I fall. I right. should have done more research, yeah, yeah, yeah. but... No that's offense. Fine. No, I was in that's the not on of you. Moving six yeah, houses. That, that's on me. That's on me. I take full responsibility for the death of the fish. Um, also, wasn't that not the first time the fish died? Shh. In case <laughs> Cricket ever listens to this podcast, <laughs> because Emily Beebe told me, "Don't feel bad." They had we one of the fish had died before, and then we did. Emily brought over another fish, and we just replaced it because I didn't want to deal with having to tell the kids that the fish had died. I mean, I was nervous to tell you. Remember I texted you and I was like, are you with the girls or with the kids? No. And you were like, the fish are dead. And I was like, yes. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> well, anyway, I think I really liked that fish cloud. So I think we're going to get cricket a fish. Thankfully, Birdie now does not want one. So that's a good thing. Just cricket um, only. But she deserves cricket. it. Crick, Cricks deserves it. She did a good job on that PowerPoint. She did a good job on the PowerPoint. She's a really sweet kid and she's doing so well in school and is working really hard. Um, I just feel like I'm trying. It's real fucking hard for me, dude, but I'm trying to think of some things to get them off of devices. Yeah. But also this, I mean, this past year has been so this is I, I feel like this is my most relatable thing that I'm going to say to anyone out there who has kids like I just like gave, I just gave up like I was like well they're just going to watch as much shit and like whatever as they're going to watch and I'm not you know what I mean like can I tell I did you something but my kids were always we got my older son I think a cell phone when he was 10 we gave in and got him a cell phone because things were going on in his life and we just felt like this is the moment even though we were cautioned against it but it enabled us we we gave him a cell phone because we were like here's the deal we're gonna put like a location tracker on it it's going to enable you to be able to go around our small town so that, mm-hmm. but we're going to know where you are in the town. So we're going to know if you're at the library after school, we'll know you're at the library and we'll know when you're say you're walking home that you're walking home. So that was a thing that was like an agreement that we had in our family. And then there were times when I would be like, dude, you've been, you've had your nose in the phone like all day when he was 14 or whatever. And he'd be like, Oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm reading the New York times. Sorry. You know, and, <laughs> and, then, I mean. and then I'd just be like, Oh, I, it is I who am sorry, you know, but even now, like my, my son is on his laptop all the time and it's like, he is using an, like an app to watch a movie with his girlfriend. Like, you know, yeah, because I mean, like there's like an app where you can 
watch a movie together with someone who's not in the same yeah. house, you know? Birdie's so, done that. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I mean, I look and I, and I think it's difficult because I think people get so many, like people get so judgy, right? Like, you know, and so then you judge yourself and you feel like I'm like, I should be doing things that will expand their creativity or like these kids don't know how to be bored and like great ideas come out of boredom but it's also like okay but maybe this generation isn't going to be bored maybe they're going to do a lot more you know maybe they're gonna like we don't know what their world is going to be we don't like climate change fucking sit-ins i don't know can you imagine if people were like walking telling albert einstein like get your nose out of that book you're walking around looking at books all the time you you know what i mean like instead of doing crickets ability to make you guys you understand i can't make a powerpoint presentation obviously you know that about me oh i understand that Mm You know what, Casey? I'm, I Is it just, the time no, I to didn't, give me a... Oh, okay. no. I, All didn't, right. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit too Casey, it that way. I didn't, Casey sent me a Google Doc <laughs> over the weekend that I, for a project we're working on, and I literally was like so angry immediately. I was like, I can't open this! I don't know how to open this! Ray isn't working on the weekends! I don't know how to open this! <laughs> It's like I did it though. I you did, did it. it. You did it. You did it. I was really. Yeah. I mean, it's. I was scared of Google Docs at first too, but also like I'm mad at Microsoft Word because now you have to like subscribe to it, and I already bought it, and I'm mad that you have to subscribe to something that you already bought. That's annoying. <sighs> anyway, okay, guys. So that's what you're so, doing your best at. Yeah, I think I'm like trying to uh, be aware that like even though I may be feeling some kind of ways about some shit which I am and having my own. We all are. We all are. No, but that I have a responsibility to these people that I gave life to, to not forget that they also feel all kinds of ways about all kinds of things. And like, and what they really just want is like their parent to be there. Even if it's like, Uh, you know, birdies at the age where it's like, you can't ask them to share anything, but if they are in a mood and they happen to like come down, right. That's what Ani DeFranco was saying in that last interview, which is so, it's so true. Like, you know, if, if the mood strikes and bird wanders in here and is like, oh my gosh, X, Y, and Z and X, Y, and Z, you know, then it's so, I'm so, I need to be not like, you know, face down in a pile of laundry. That's why I love a car ride. I love a road trip because like, I feel like the bumps in the road just jiggle things right out of a 13 year old a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew a mom. I had a mom. I knew had a mom friend in LA whose kid went to school, like clear on the other side of town. And I remember old, they had older kids than my kids. And I remember being like, it's not impossible. What do you, you guys there's no bus you do that drive every morning and she was like are you kidding me it's the fucking best i get 45 minutes every morning and that kid talks to me i was Mm -hmm. like really that's nice and yeah Yeah. i thought it was so cool my mom was the kind of mom that passed out on every road trip like immediately (laughs) just mouth open yeah my dad always drove my mom would immediately fall asleep because she's like a mom and you're like 
the mom's up till three in the morning packing everyone's bags. Then she wakes up to like clean the whole house before you leave. And then she would yeah. just sleep the whole car ride. The key for a talkie, a talkie parent child road trip is it has to just be one on one. It has to be just it, the parent yes. driving and the kid in the in the passenger seat. And, and no other nobody uh, else there. Siblings. Yeah. It has to just be the kid. Yeah. Um, Ray, what are you doing your best at this week? Um, it's a good question. I actually think I'm doing my best at uh, one, trying to make friends. Mm-hmm. How wait, is, did you do the, the Zoom? I did do the Zoom with Casey's former coworkers, and uh-huh. that went really well. We like ended up talking for almost three hours. And oh, nice! What? Yeah, a full bottle of wine on my end, which. <laughs> Is a lot these days because I'm going to be honest, I have not been drinking during the pandemic like most people. Um, not to like brag because whatever you need to get through, but I've been of the mindset that when you live alone, it's maybe not a good idea to drink every night. Sure. Because that's how you start self-medicating and have a problem. And I've basically been living alone this entire time. So one bottle of wine really knocked me off my seat. Um, <laughs> But I also went and did two very safe outdoor socially distanced coffees. Oh, nice. Oh. So I like, you know, I'm doing my best at like, you know, trying to make friends. And it's <sighs> not easy because it's like, mm-hmm. it's hard to be vulnerable. And a little bit like it's challenging making new friends in this moment because obviously when you're making new friends, you're talking about what you're going through or like what's going on. And I am not... Although outwardly to other people, it maybe appear that I'm fine or whatever. But like, that doesn't mean I don't have hard days. Like, there's nothing more depressing than looking at apartments in New York, which makes me want to flee. But <laughs> it is what it is. In LA and who I've always been is like, kind of the person that comes in and like, makes everyone laugh or like, makes everyone joke. But like, I'm not in that mood. So these people are getting me at not my best. And I'm still wow. being open to being their friend and like letting them see that. But I think that's so cool. Like, I think there's something kind of amazing about that, right? I do think that there's something really valuable to making friends in this time. I mean, some people might call it trauma bonding, but I also think that there is like real validity to like having people see that side of you because the great news is we always know that there's like funny Ray in the, Mm. you know, like who will show up. You yeah. know, and so you, you know, get you a girl who can do both is what I say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't yeah. know. I think that that's really, I think that's really great. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I, you, you should be proud of yourself. Yeah, actually, I like had to catch up with one of my friends, my best friend from L.A. who left L.A. at the same time that I left because she was just like, if you're not going to be here, I'm not going to be here. And she was, I just kind of talked through everything that I'm going through and where my head's at about this whole thing. And she was like, you know what? Like you hardly ever have these tough conversations like vocally with people. And I feel so much better knowing that you're like saying it out loud. Right. And I was like, that's one positive thing. Yeah. That doesn't help me make decisions, (laughs) but at least I'm making, going steps in the right direction. I think you should be proud of yourself too, Raymond. And this is just for anyone at home listening. Like if you have a friend like Raymond, who's like the fun friend, (laughs) um, being funny and being fun almost always 
comes from like a certain amount of pain in your life. Yeah. I, so, I, I don't think that people get that. I don't know that yeah. people understand that. <laughs> so if you have a friend who's always the funny person or seemed like is always the life of the party, never seems to take anything seriously, it's probably not really because they just really are having a great time all the time. And also when even when you're talking to someone and they're having a hard time taking an issue seriously, it's because it's hard for them and mm-hmm. they're deflecting. And so, totally. you know, so that's just uh, that's just a hot tip about funny people <laughs> is that. <laughs> There's like a whole iceberg underneath what you're seeing and, um, you know, and, and so like, if you ever get to see any of that, it's actually like, I don't know, it's always to me, it's kind of like a privilege when someone shows me any of that, because I'm like, I'm getting to see like this real person. And I feel like really honored that someone trusts me. And, um, you know, it's, it's a lot like, you know, that people always say still waters run deep, but I'm always like, well, also wacky clowns run pretty deep as well. (laughs) For sure. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Totally. Almost without exception, I feel like that is that holds. Anyway, Casey, what are you doing your best at this week? Well, we talked about it a little earlier. I've been trying to write and, um, you know, I'm not one of those people that has a lot of trouble writing all the time. If I'm writing something for someone else, I think that's fairly easy. I love to write jokes. I could do that all the live long day, write jokes for someone else. If I'm writing something that's like fairly personal to me, that's where I get caught up and it um, gets a little tough and I will literally do anything else. Um, besides, you know, I will, and you know, you, if you follow any writers on social media, you know, it's always the joke where people are like, well, I have like a manuscript to do. So I'm building a shed in my backyard. Um, so, you know, so I had a personal thing that I was trying to write. And so instead I like installed like, um, a set of drawers in my pantry and like reorganized my pantry, but I did find. When I was doing that, it just led, to, it was like a rabbit hole of pantry organization. And I have like all these power tools and like rebuilding these shelves in my pantry. But it led to me discovering what I think is such a symbol of what we thought 2020 was going to be. I brought I brought it to show you guys, even though this is oh a my podcast. God, this is a real visual podcast yeah. today. I'm taking pictures because I'm going to, I'll do a, I'll do a visual thing okay let me show me what did you find? I found in the back of my pantry a five pound jar of <gasps> maraschino cherry <laughs> what what the fuck did we think we were doing <laughs> with five pounds of maraschino like you don't need five pounds of maraschino cherries if your cold stone was creamery it? wait was it wait was it was this a pandemic purchase this yeah, was like, it was when the world was like shutting down top? It was yeah, like pre-pandemic. Was this- I think that Matthew got them because he was going to make a pineapple upside down cake, which is my favorite. And if you know, <laughs> if you know a pineapple upside down cake, you put a cherry in the middle of each pineapple ring. But that's each like ring. that's like five cherries. There's two. You could just get a jar. There's two. Yeah, like just one. Two hundred fifty cherries in here. So that'd be like um, uh, fifty <laughs> pineapple upside down <laughs> cakes. And. <laughs> 
I mean, can you imagine like how, how many Shirley Temples? Well, that's what I was. I was like, were we thinking that? Oh, we'll have like a party after, and then we'll make a bunch of Manhattans, and everyone will be. I think like, that. I think you were thinking that party. But yeah, oh, maybe it was your housewarming party. Yeah, yeah that got and canceled. I was like, yes. we just thought that like 2020 was going to be so fucking festive that we would have a use for 255. <laughs> Maraschino five pounds? Cher- How much is it? Five pounds of maraschino cherries. Five fucking pounds. Meanwhile, you know what? I did I did eat five pounds of cinnamon gummy bears during the first lockdown a year ago. Five fucking pounds. I ate an entire five pound bag of cinnamon gummy bears myself. That is a thing that you so. could eat. I mean, I guess I was like, I would. I got this out of the pantry. It was way in the back. And I was like, should I donate these? But it even seems weird to donate because it's like so festive. Like it's not nutritious. Like who are you? Yeah. What are you going to donate it? And Matt was like, no, I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat that whole thing. I'm going to eat those. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, at least make one pineapple upside down. I mean, I guess I wondered, could I make an entire cherry pineapple upside down cake? Or would that be disgusting and a disaster? You could, I don't can know. you make something? You can't make cherry pies, they're not with maraschino cherries. No, yeah. because they're not. You even could have like, a. They're not even cherries. A, <laughs> I don't even know what they are. <laughs> they have the texture of like baby flesh. Oh my God! Ew! Casey, we can't work in entertainment and talk about baby flesh. I'm just Ew. saying. Also, yeah, like that is, I mean, truly, like that's, isn't that what the whole thing is? What yes. you call it? With the baby Q-Anon? blood. Yes, with oh the baby blood. We can't talk about it. We, I, we have to this. I'm just saying. I don't know. I mean, it's you could just, have a Sunday social. You could have like an ice cream social and make a bunch of Sundays. That is, I know. I probably thought that. I probably thought like we're we'll have a housewarming party with Manhattans. My son will have an ice cream social with all his high school friends. That's what <laughs> LA teens do. And it uh, is. It we'll is. Ju- we'll bang yeah. out this five sure. pounds of cherries, no problem. And here it is a year later. If anyone's out there and you're starting an like a mom and pop ice cream shop, let me know. Give me a, give Reach me a out. shout because I have this jar. And, you're, and you can easily drive to Los Angeles yeah. to pick them up. Because I don't I don't know if you can ship those. No. It's, it's a like, hazardous material. It'll cost like mm-hmm. $300. It's five pounds in glass. <laughs> yeah. How long is so, it good for? Five it's like good pounds. till 2023. So my husband oh, has, time. has two more time. years to eat it. <laughs> You're fine. You I think there's time. a party. I think there's a party in our future. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, well, guys, that's what we uh, all did our best at this week. Past two weeks, these weeks off. Yeah. We missed the Harry and Meghan interview, but like, who gives a fuck? Uh. So many people wrote on the Instagram, <laughs> like, oh, I wanted to hear your take on it. And I'm like, there's like a billion takes on it. Like our take so on it takes. is like, we love Meghan and Harry. Don't be a racist. Like, that's the take. That's it. You know, that's the there whole take. Um, And future ref, Google your boyfriend's family. <laughs> that is true. That is That's true. just it, guys. Just do a little, do a little Google research. Look, look into you. it. Any anyone. It doesn't even have to be. Listen, I'm gonna bet it's not gonna be the royal family. I am just gonna say no. something. What I think. I don't know. This is controversial. Like, okay, the fact that she never Googled them. I live That's with. Right. I'm not trying to blow up my friend's spot, but I live with girls 
I have lived with girls for many years. I'm telling you, the second you match with someone and make a plan on a dating app, like, we know where they work, where they went to college, what things they're on. Like, it is, like, the first thing you do. So it's insane to me that she, like, never looked it up. Well, maybe she figured that she knew all she needed to know because they are, like, they're so like public. Famous. Yeah, but, yes, but I don't know. I'm... I, Okay. Well, I call BS. listen, I, I get it. I understand the inclination. And I think that, I mean, honestly, here's what I personally, as a writer, this is like me as a writer, what I would have liked to have seen. I would have liked the story to have been more. Yeah, obviously I knew. And like going into it, I think there is a certain amount of like being taken by the idea of it. And then I really fell in love with this person and I had no fucking idea it was going to be this horrible yeah. and this mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. instead of saying like, just like, I mean, I just totally didn't because obviously she's very smart, you yeah. know, like she's a f- clearly very intelligent person and, yeah. uh, you know, and like for me, that would be probably closer to the truth. It's like, I mean, for me personally, I can't speak for fucking Meghan Markle. I don't, you know. Yeah. She just starred on my sitcom, by the way, her first fucking job. And she's always been super smart. Like that, that clip of her at like 10 years old went viral where she like wrote to the company. But I'm just, but I'm just saying, you know, my number one, number one is like, if you have self-awareness and you share that self-awareness, like you've got me for life. Yeah. And to, to say like, of course I knew that it was the royal family. but And I was like, you know, it's hot. I'm going to like date a prince. <laughs> but then, you know what I mean? But yeah. then I fell in love. Like we fell in love. And I wanted to spend my life with this person. And I thought I could handle it because I'm strong and I'm intelligent and I'm educated and I'm, I know how to be in the public sphere and I know how to wear pretty dresses. And I got in there and I was locked up like fucking Rapunzel. Yeah. And I was like, this is not tenable. I cannot do this. And like, for me, that version not only rings way more true, you know, yeah. like in a totally like, personal believable. way. Yeah. Believable personal way. But I just feel like, but also like, by the way, tell your story however you fucking want to tell your story, I guess is the point. But if it were me, I would have liked, I would have tried to have some like real self-awareness about the choices that I've made for my own life. Yes. But meanwhile, very excited for them both. And for all of the people in LA who've now all of a sudden relocated to Montecito to make new friends. (laughs) Congratulations to you all. And I wish you luck. Um, Is that too shady? No. No. I think that's. that's No. We hope you become friends with with Megan and Harry. Hey, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, she is doing something that we all three would love to be doing, and that's brunching with Oprah. You know? Well, that's right. the fucking truth of it. Let me just be you know, real. They, I mean... You know, when the, when the legend's balls resume, she's at the top of the list. She's on that Forever list. and always. And, and you know she, who's not currently? Us. Us. We're but not I on will that be, list, Raymond. You know? <laughs> we will be. And that was just we need um 
I was I was emailing with my old boss Andy Cohen about that interview and we were just talking about how it was just a masterclass in interviewing and how we need Oprah to do more appointment television. 100% more event television. 150%. Mm-hmm. I I need more Oprah just period. I think yeah. it's coming. Per- I think so too. Yeah, I All hope so. Apples. I don't. I don't need her to have a daily show. I don't need her to commit to a weekly show. I just need to know that when there's an important issue to be discussed, she's on the case. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm right there. Um, well, speaking listen, of important interviews, that's right. That's right. This is exactly that's the segue I was looking for, Casey, <laughs> and I appreciate you jumping right in and handling that one for me. Um, we had the just. Delight to speak with Casey's friend and now mine, I think, I hope, Shay Coulee. You may know Shay from Drag Race and Drag Race All Stars. If you haven't caught up, you're still watching. I'm not going to tell you who wins, but it <laughs> might be the person that we talk to in this interview. Um, Shay's got a lot going on. And is just a true delight and uh, also knows how to spin on a pole and spin a yarn. <laughs> I'm just making this up, guys. I don't know what the fuck is happening. Anyway, enjoy this Enjoy this uh, interview with Shea Coulee. First of all, can I just say I love that like everyone yes. is like doing this like handheld mic moment I feel like you know we're really serving like this mm-hmm. kind of like girl group fantasy because I was feeling yes. a little certain type of way I was like okay am I gonna be looking stupid because I don't have a mic stand because I'm not looking you know no. like I have a whole sound studio going on but I love yes. that we're all here with our little handhelds but this is what I do I prefer this mm-hmm. because I'm expressive with my hands I can't I can't be hemmed in yes by like a stationary mic yeah but also, you know, Shay, I'm doing a new TV show with Tina Fey. We're finished shooting it, but it comes out in May yes. and it's called Girls 5 Eva. And it's about like a girl group oh, from the 90s oh that, tries, that tries to make a comeback in their 40s now. <laughs> and it's Sarah Bareilles and me and Renee Elise Goldsberry from Hamilton you know who I that fucking is. You love that yeah. cast. That and sounds Paula Pell. It's insane. It's and insane. I, you know what? Like, I'm just gonna wild. say, like, I'm definitely the market for that because I am someone <laughs> yes. who still to this day really goes hard for girl groups. I've always loved girl groups, you know. It's just all like you name a girl group, I love them. Destiny's Child. Like Donity Kane. You know, like Donity Kane. You were like Girl, that they are still in heavy rotation on my gym playlist. <laughs> no, Strip tease, that is my jam. Um I'm gonna have to say Dawn is my fave. Um, okay. Just because like Dawn she was kind of like always like the slightly awkward one, but as like yeah. time has continued, Dawn is a solo artist. Her music is really, really cool. So I appreciate, you know, oh, Dawn, I appreciate the hustle and someone who's just so like, I'm here to still stay and do what I want to do, you know, and entertain yeah. maybe yeah. happy. Yeah. So yeah, I'm like them. Little Mix, I'm a mixer. I stand them. So Oh, I'm you're like, a mixer. Hell the fuck yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I'm like, here I am in my 30s being like. I was going to say, you're born in 1989. So yes. I'm an, I'm like an, an escape 
slash salt and pepper lover. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Week. Oh my god. All the time. Like I always, week comes on, I stop what I'm doing. I'm like, y'all, we literally have to all clasp hands and swing back and forth. I'm also, I'm also just like very basic and I just loved the Spice Girls. Like I still, I like loved Spice Up Your Life. Like I was, cause I was born 10 years, exactly 10 years before you, Shay. And so Spice Girls hit like me at a at a point where I was like I was ready for this. You were girls. ready for all the girl power. That was actually the first cassette tape that me and my sister bought together. Because what were they even the uh, the Aww. full album was maybe four ninety nine, like five dollars for a cassette tape, and we still split it. <laughs> yeah, sure. And oh my god, we would put it in her boombox yeah. in her room because she had one I didn't, and we would just jam to the Spice Girls. Yeah. Wanna be. Oh my that gosh, that's the- so funny. My sister had a big boom box and I didn't either. <laughs> right. So you have to go. And I always <laughs> Yes. And she had the two cassette thing. And so you could make mixtapes on my sister's like boom box. Yes. And I did not. I just had a I just had like the AM FM radio Same. thing that I thought was cool. But right. that but that was not very cool. Well, you grew up in Chicago, mm-hmm. right? Like outside of Chicago? Yeah, just outside, like uh, like an hour southwest of the city um, in this little town called Plainfield. I was born in Oak Park. Oh, shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I we've already started this podcast, but I have so many questions. Well, first, first of, of all, all can, so many we should things. introduce what? Shay to, in case people aren't RuPaul's Drag Race watchers. You also should see my face right now because I'm like... <laughs> Just in case. If anyone doesn't know who Shay Kule is, they can walk the fuck out <laughs> of this podcast right now. Just in case. Well, you know what? If anyone doesn't know who Shay Kule is, I actually envy you because you have like a wonderful new thing to discover. You can go back and get the whole history of Shea Coulee on RuPaul's Drag Race. Shea Coulee is one of the contestants on RuPaul's Drag Race and actually, well, spoiler alert, is the winner of season five RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. That just happened. That just happened. Pew, 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 pew. I lost my damn mind, Shea <laughs> I was so happy. Well, but this was because, guys, if you're not Drag Race watchers, and by the way, just full disclosure, I'm not an every season watcher. Like, do they call them seasons or do they call them like cycle? I think like uh, yeah, right. Oh my God. That's really interesting because I'm binge watching <laughs> Antium now. Um, I think, you know, we're more of like a seasoned person. Seasons. Yeah. But like, so I like, I will, I will dip in and out of seasons, but season nine of Drag Race, you were like, let's just be honest, the fucking star. Oh. And then the upset of the century of Drag Race is that you did not win. And everyone was up at arms. And so this is like, I mean, because we talk about like setbacks and pivots and stuff on this show in particular, mm-hmm. can we talk about that? Like what that felt like? Because you had to have thought, like everybody watching mm-hmm. season nine n- knew you were winning, clearly. Yeah. And then? And then, no, they said, surprise, surprise. And I, it <laughs> right. was... Honestly, like now in hindsight, like four years later, it was the best lesson that I could have ever received because I've always like my parents always had 
us be of the mindset of like, you know, you just concentrate, you work really hard for things and you'll get them, you know? And I knew at that point, I was like, I worked really hard. I had dedicated so much of myself to this and I had excelled in the competition. So I was like, this is my time to like claim my prize and like my moment. And then when that did not happen, I was like, okay, well, I need to look at this as being a bigger lesson. What is it that I need to take from this? And really all it did was, A, give me like a 100% ego death, just shattered my ego to a million pieces, which, you know, and it's like, as like entertainers, like, you know, we, we have very big egos. Like, you know, we have, especially as drag queens, you know, they're inflated. And so I really had to go to like such a humbling place and like really concentrate and focus on why it is that I got into drag, why it is that I loved drag, you know, because all of a sudden it was this business and it's all these people have these opinions and, you know, it it kind of affects the way that other people treat you. And so you kind of had to like, I had to like really kind of step back and ground myself, but it taught me to believe in myself even that much more. Like having like people witness me fail in such a dramatic and poetic way allowed me to really like actually gain even more confidence and be like, okay, that was actually my worst nightmare and I'm still living. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You know? So. But I like what you just said about like you had to, okay, so your ego is, I've had, I've had that moment as a performer where you're like shattered mm-hmm. and you have to return to the, re- to the why. Mm-hmm. Like, why do I do this? And Mm -hmm. what do I love about this? Mm -hmm. And so when that happened and you're like, this is the worst, Mm -hmm. what was the why for you when you thought about like the origin of performance and what it meant to you? Um, The why for me was because performance entertainment drag have always been the language that I use to communicate and express myself most authentically and most powerfully. Like I performing drag art. That's how I, that's how I communicate with people. And that why was that I drag my, my, my art is like my voice and without it, I feel like I, I, I'm not even talking to people. I feel like I'm not existing, you know, like I need to create something in order to feel like I'm really communicating who I truly am on the inside, you know? Right. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Like when you, when you say that's like how I talk to people, is it like, those are the moments when you feel like you are able to be the realest yeah, really like the most raw version of the yourself most or? authentic me I could possibly mm-hmm. be. And, and it's insane that it takes a whole bunch of crazy wigs and hair in production, <laughs> but that's all, that's, that's still all me. That's still all the imagination. That's but all that's part of it. it is because I feel like, you know, we have all these societal constructs of gender and all this bullshit that we have to deal with. And drag for me is transcending all that bullshit. 
And it's, it's coming across on the other side and showing people, you know, that us as these sentient beings are so much more than just the clothes that are on our backs or the makeup that's on our face, you know, like we can, for sure, we can tell so many beautiful stories. And I just love going out there and using drag to just tell stories all the time, you know? Ugh. Ugh. And we love, I love watching them. Man, <laughs> you really do. I love watching them in that way. Yeah. It is like one of my favorite things forever. Like <laughs> it is the best. It just the changed my best. life. Like embrace it because, you know, growing up it was my femininity was something that people used against me as something that was like bad, but it was hard for me to accept those types of critiques when I had examples like my mom and my aunts and my sisters who are all these really strong, badass women and me being like, Diana Ross, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. you know. so it's just, yeah. like, um, I'm like, I'm having a hard time, like really processing that you guys are telling me that these qualities are bad. It sucks when growing up, people are telling you like your feminine qualities are unacceptable and or bad when all the examples that I have in my life of femininity are all just like really impeccable, strong, beautiful, smart women. Yeah. Yes. And then drag allowed me to be like, I'm, I'm going to like kind of like put this on and I'm really going to embrace this femininity and step out in it and actually feel empowered by it. And then like when I did that, I was all like, yeah fuck the patriarchy this is some bullshit like <laughs> you know what's so interesting shay i'm strongly identifying with what you're saying i feel like a lot of times in my life people have taken things that like i identify as really like feminine traits and been like well that's not important or why are you doing that that's frivolous or it's silly or it's not you or you know just you just feel like you can't do anything and correctly that's why I love like AFAB queens like cis women doing drag because I was like it's that same thing where where people try and tell you that like you know overt femininity is frivolous and it's silly because so many times people consider it to be something that's done strictly for the male gaze and you're like no right. I literally just put on on this top because I bought this top. I shopped this top. I like this top. Not because I was trying to get who the fuck ever Frank over there to pay attention. Like who gives right. a fuck about Frank? I didn't even notice Frank, you know? Right. And so I like, no one knows who Frank hello, is. You know what I mean? You know, like only you, you're the one Frank. Um, <laughs> but it's like, that's why I love like AFAB Queens because they're all like, yes, I can use my femininity and put on this, armor to show people like um yeah um femininity is really bomb and it's powerful too like masculinity and like aggression those aren't the only ways to exhibit strength like guys come on like this shit is like it's so basic sometimes it's <laughs> I, I like i feel like i talk in circles because like the amount of misogyny that's just kind of ingrained in just like all the, the, the fabric of society. And I just feel like, Her. I just love how drag allows us to just like celebrate and, and amplify femininity and showcase all the beautiful, beautiful components that exist within it. 
you know. You're such a scholar of all of this stuff. It's one of the reasons I love, love, love talking to you because like it's more like you're putting on a hell of a show all of the time. It's super entertaining. But mm-hmm. then if anyone gets the chance to sit down and talk to you about like the brass tacks of all of this stuff and you're so generous with all you know and just really smart stuff that I think a lot of people don't maybe think about or or aren't thinking about yet or like just on the cusp of thinking about mm-hmm. like ideas that maybe aren't super familiar to just everyone. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask if we can talk about pronouns mm-hmm. because the way that you use your pronouns is a little interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I identify as non-binary. So I oftentimes default to they, them pronouns, gender neutral pronouns. Um, in drag, I prefer she, her. Um, out of drag, um, you can use they, them. yeah they them and honestly you can use she her too because uh, right. <laughs> I don't know what it is about masculine like pronouns I'm like <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean it's do a, I mean I would assume that a lot of do a lot of your friends use she her yeah because like I I would assume it's that, like that's the culture if... too especially like with yeah, other drag right. queens we're always she her with each other you yeah. know um. Yeah, sometimes when even someone is not in drag and someone uses like he, him pronouns, you can kind of feel the girls like. <laughs> yeah, like I was like, like huh? a man. <laughs> Where? Where is he? Where? <laughs> I want to see him. But the, and, and, and that's the thing, because I a drag really helped me to kind of, of understand my gender non-binary identity because you know, I'm doing this act, I'm doing these shows five nights a week and I'm like putting on the wig and the hair and the makeup, you know, feeling my feminine fantasy, you know, taking it off after the show. But the person on the inside didn't change, you know, what was on the outside changed. But I was just all like, I, I was like, I feel, feel like I am equal parts feminine and masculine at the same time that yin and yang kind mm-hmm. of balance and I'm like I don't feel like I belong in any binary category and so that mm-hmm. helped me to really understand and like actually start research because I didn't even have the language for it then yeah. um to research and and start to find other people that identified as gender non-binary and I was like oh I understand that. I can, I, I was like, I can, I feel that. Shay, my 12 year old is, uh, non-binary oh. and, uh, they really like have taught me just so much about all of this. And like, it's been like, I, Oh no, I'm going to cry. Oh. I'm sorry. It's just been a week, but I love them so fucking much. And, Mark, who is my partner, who I had these kids with, um, and I talked about it and like almost immediately I was like, I was the one I'm, I was the one, the one like who's been in drag clubs since I was a Mm -hmm. kid who like, you know, whatever. And I was like, I kind of don't get it. Like, I don't get it. Kind of like, I just, I don't get it. And Mark was like, I do like that's birdie. Mm -hmm. Birdie's not. Mm -hmm. It's not this or that is birdie. Yeah. Like that's, they exist like in this other space. And like, as soon as he, Mark mm-hmm. said that to me, I was like, 
Oh yeah, you're right. I do fucking get it. Like I do get it. It's just hard from the outset. Like before I think it's, you know, I had to like spend a long time mm-hmm. talking to my mom on the uh-huh. phone about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, th- and like, I think there is this natural, I feel like for moms, you want to protect your child because a lot of times it's not even so like you that you're worried about. It's the other people because that is kind yeah. of what I saw from like my mom, like in my coming out process. And like, it was funny because my dad was the one that <laughs> was for my mom. Like, Hey, Marilyn, it is what it is. Jaren is Jaren, you know, regardless at the end of the day, that's still, that's still our baby. You know, I'm the youngest, I'm the baby. And, um, I could just see it just even, I could just see how much you love them. And I feel like that in and of itself, they're already so, so, so lucky. Like what a lucky, lucky kid. And I'm just glad that. Um, they now get to exist in a world in which these conversations are happening, where there's becoming more and more representation so they can see themselves reflected in other people and stories that exist in television and media. I was like, because we were talking about Cycles America's Next Top Model. Mm-hmm. I was saying that for me, my first representation that I saw of like a black non-binary person was Miss J. And yeah, right. And how they so seamlessly introduced feminine pronouns. And it was just kind of like, okay, well, that's Miss J. And I never thought about how it's not that hard to grasp when you just kind of present it in a way and allow people to be like, oh, this is the norm. That's Miss J. This is what we call her. And for me, like that little, that little thing helped me understand kind of pronouns in a much different way. And that was when I was in my little, Anybody town in Plainfield, Illinois, back in the early 2000s. You know what? That is truly a really fucking amazing point and something that I haven't thought about until this moment. But Casey and I talk a lot about the importance of like just the sort of subversiveness of storytelling in pop culture and media. Like the importance of drag race is cannot be underscored right but that is something just even miss j is a thing that like i never really even clicked into that but you're exactly right like the not making it a big point Mm -hmm. plot point but just like this is what this is okay we're moved like and now we and Miss J is going to mentor you on your walk. No, okay. No explanation needed. Just show it. No explanation needed. Yeah, exactly. And so I love that. I mean, I love that we have you in our zeitgeist now to storytelling. Um, and I'm very excited that you finally have that fucking crown. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but what do you feel like is sort of, the next step for you in terms of the public sphere and storytelling and music and drag and where do you, what are you, what are you excited about? Um, All of those things. It's actually like why I'm out in um, LA right now um, because we're working on, I'm doing like a writing camp. We're going deep into a writing camp next week uh, to work on um, two EPs. Um, Like one that's like, um, 
very disco-y vocals dance vibe and then the second one that's like a chicago deep house 90s rap vibe like big black oh, box frankie kind knuckles. of yeah frankie knuckles boots girl um <laughs> and so i'm really excited to really because like you know been just like working hard like kind of like gathering like a whole like team of people camp to like put together this project so i'm really excited to get into the music and i actually um just got cast in my first feature. So I'm actually <gasps> going to be in a movie. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> like, so excited. I was just like, that is so exciting. Reading the new script today. I'm excited that um, there's all these amazing opportunities and that I'm actually living my dreams, you know? Shay, wait, that is, first of all, I'm. Lord, this is the best news I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm so excited. If you need any help, any tips, I'm here for you. I'm not even kidding. Is- Been on sets for 22 years. I can tell you whatever you need Girl, to know. Girl, honestly, that would mean so much. Like, I've been a fan I'm since ser- White Chicks, you know, like, I just, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like the deep cuts. So, um, I get yes. it. <laughs> uh, where are you filming in LA? Um, we're actually filming in Savannah, Georgia. Oh. oh yeah, tax tax incentives. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow, that's gonna be interesting. Like I love it. I love it. So um, so busy will give you any acting tips that you need, Shay. Yeah. I think that you <laughs> have something that you could share tips with busy, and that is that she is a budding pole dancer. <gasps> I am. Yeah. This is true. Which I know you have a little experience pole dancing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean that performance. It was the. It was the like premiere episode yes. of All Stars. Yes. And you did your own. Yeah, song. I did my song Collide, which uh, co-wrote with my really good friend Guess, and was like, um, I think this needs a pole dance routine. <laughs> You felt a pole yeah. was in order. Yeah. And had you had you gotten on the pole before? Um, one time at a strip club in Montreal after a show with Kimchi, Shangela, and Bianca Del Rio. Oh my god. And okay. Valentina. It was wild, girl. But you know, that was just one little <laughs> casual little spin on the pole in the strip club, you know. But I, but I think that that first little taste was what made me want to like go back and get some more for real. Okay, and did you take classes? Did you have a teacher like a real yes. like one of the girls that like competed? Yeah, I had a, an instructor. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is Keith. Tiny. Oh my god, he's so tiny. I was, but like, well, they're all right, tiny. tiny and so strong. Um, yes. but he really like whipped me into shape and was like really pushing me. And we only trained for two and a half weeks before I went to all stars. Oh my God. Okay. I'm obsessed with it. I love it so much. And I'm now writing a movie about pole dancing and Shay, you just wrote yourself into my movie. Fuck. So just so you yes. know, just so you know, yes. you're now in the fucking movie. Girl, I <laughs> am so already you know. on Amazon <laughs> shopping for the highest stripper platforms I could find. <laughs> Have you kept up like the training at all or are you just like, is it just like fun sometimes? It's just like fun sometimes. I actually do want to get back in the trip because I was like going to do some more training when um, we were about to start doing live shows, but that's 
you know, <laughs> who's doing that anymore? Not happening. Um, but like now that, you know, vaccines are starting to roll out and like I could probably mm-hmm. get in the class with Keith again, you know, I think I'm just, because it was a great workout. I like it and I loved just seeing myself get like stronger and be able to do, like yes. do just random things. So I want to, that and I want to get back into tumbling because I used to do that mm. um, when I was younger oh. and I really yeah. want to um, get to a point um, where I can do a really cute back handspring and heels. Mm. What? You know? I mean, yes, I guess. I guess. You know? I could never. I'm not a tumbler. <laughs> I did tumbling when tumbler. I was in school, You too. did. Yeah. Casey did. Yeah. I was a cheerleader. It was required. You had to do a back handspring. Yes. it's. I went to a little tumbling gym with a friend, like, literally right before the pandemic. And I was able to do a back handspring by the end of it. But let me tell you, my back, the next day from all of that... <laughs> Oh my God, I could like not stand up straight. <laughs> like uh, I do feel like that's a little bit like, that's like a zero to 60 moment where you're like, just like yeah. casually go to a tumbling gym and then you're like, I'm back handspring. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, I, everything felt lot. like jello afterwards. Like all my limbs, like my arms and everything from like hold hands, all that. But it was fun. <laughs> I think you should, I do want you to continue the poll. I mean, because because Training. you said so busy, absolutely. <laughs> also, I'm now I'm not even kidding you. Like I am for sure 100 percent writing a part for you in this film that I'm working on. I just like think that the world is so fascinating, and I have such respect for like the performers that do it in clubs uh-huh. and like the sex workers yes. that are like out there fucking doing mm-hmm. it. And also for like the competitors and the athletes and the aerialists that like get these wild ideas. Mm-hmm. And like you, like your performance was fucking art on mostly Drag Race. I was inspired by, because when I was like first, first started off and I wasn't getting a lot of bookings in the drag clubs, I would uh, basically be the token drag queen and a lot of burlesque and like pole dancing shows. So like those were all the girls that I was hanging out with, you know? And so like, I was just like, yeah. Because we were doing a fundraiser for a girl, for a girlfriend. She was actually the first person that booked me. Her name is Jeez Louise. They call her the honey badger Aww. of burlesque. Um, <laughs> she's everything. Uh, and we actually just did a pilot together. Um, she is honestly one of the fiercest entertainers but she booked a show that had some of the most sickening pole dancers with like the tallest platforms and the fattest asses and just it was I was like literally at that fundraiser like yeah I need some more of this in my life so let me get in class with these girls and see what's up (laughs) I love it wait where do you live normally are you in Chicago still I'm in Chicago still live in um the lesbian neighborhood because um I really like being around the lesbians more than the the gays um that those are just my people Okay. I mean, honestly, anytime you put me in a space, I will always gravitate towards the women. Um, That's Mm -hmm. always been me. I'm like, hey. But that's that part of you. That's that part of me. I'm like, like, that's actually where I I just feel safer. So that you know, that 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 is what it is. I just naturally feel me too safer around women. So same girl. (laughs) We're like, it's all about antiquing and brunch. You know. (laughs) I mean, that's all I ever want. Yeah. Um. I mean, mostly antiquing. Yeah. I could like take or leave brunch, to be honest. 
I'm serious. I honestly, I, I probably would have said that before the pandemic, but actually now I Aww. realize the importance of just like getting fucked up on a Sunday afternoon with my friends. Bottom Just like, because there's this place like around the corner from us. It's called um, Fireside, um, and it's it's an old, big, like kind of like painted lady Victorian style house that they com- like rehabbed into this like very family style restaurant. And the whole back, even though it's like enclosed, it's still this beautiful like patio that's open all year round. And it's just like and you're still like inside this old house with all these like vines and everything growing up. And that place is literally like a five minute walk from my house. The the Wachowski, uh, the Wachowskis, um, you know, who the creators of Matrix, their studio is right next yeah. to it. Fireside is right there. And it's just like, I don't know. There's some, and they have a 200 ingredient Bloody Mary bar. So they'll just give you a glass of ice and vodka and you can just go and make your Wait, own what? Bloody Mary. And it's like super cheap, no. super mom pop. I love that place. I'm, I'm like on literally my way giving there. them free advertising <laughs> no. right now on this podcast, telling everyone to go to Fireside. <laughs> as soon as I get my vaccine, I'm coming there Wait, to have a say, Bloody I, Mary with you. I was just going to say, I just saw this thing that Joe Biden was like, every American will be vac- every American will be vaccinated by May 1st. <laughs> so guys, like May 25th, we're going to be there for the Bloody Mary. Yes. Is that yeah. the vibe? Because yeah. that sounds so good to me. It is. I agree with you. Has it been hard for you? You seem, I feel like we have a lot in common. I know you're a witch. We're witches. Mm-hmm. The power of three will set us free. Yes. Um, <laughs> do you miss? Is that what you miss most in this past year is just like that community and like seeing mm-hmm. people and seeing friends mm-hmm. and has it been hard for you? It's been extremely hard because one thing that I re- realized too is that like in touring and traveling and doing shows, you kind of build this global community and this global family and you start to expect to see certain people on your routes of tours in different cities and you develop these really close relationships and you just don't get to, you know, there's friends who I haven't seen in so long. <laughs> I mean, it's been yeah. exactly like a year since we went under lockdown, but exactly. that's a long time. A lot can happen in a year as we've all seen. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's been crazy. Were you mostly in Chicago? Yeah. It was cold and there's not, there wasn't really much to do. I mean, I gardened during the summer. I grew a really big tomato plant that was like, seven feet tall um you're like i'm making my own bloody mary yeah (laughs) um uh, i'm still working on my cultivating like i know that i have because my grandmother she could really put her hands in the earth and just get magic to grow out and i'm really trying to get that Mm. um and i'm good with house plants i'm not sure what the tea was with the soil but the tomatoes did not taste good though it was like this big beautiful Everyone was like, people, our neighbors would look over the fence and they were like, damn, that tomato plant. And I was like, oh my God, my prize joy. Like, I'm so excited. Taste of the tomato, not good. Weird. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. I don't know what goes into, I'm not, I actually do not have that ability. (laughs) I'm, I'm a plant killer. Yeah. I mean, we have lots of succulents, you know. Shame. I would totally watch a gardening show with you. Ooh, that's a 
good idea. You know what? I should probably, yeah, definitely like get into that this summer and just like, you know. Oh, because I wanted to get um, gardening boxes because, you know, we have kind of like a back little patio. I only had like one little planter, but I want to get some standing planters because I really want to grow sweet potatoes because I heard yeah. from my friend G's Louise that she grew yeah. some sweet potatoes and they um, came out good. And she said she just had little planters. So I'm going to try it. Yeah, they're pretty easy. Just like you can even grow them in a bag, I heard. Uh, Any fool can grow a sweet potato, I heard. Is oh, that true? That's I heard. word on the street. That sweet word potatoes street. can be grown I- by fools. <laughs> I don't I mean I'm gonna be honest I might be that fool that <laughs> sweet potato Casey we could uh, try we could try I'm not the best either I, but I am trying but I would watch a show I, Shay yeah I would do I would watch you garden no no question. That would be an amazing show. Uh, also, Busy, I love your scrunchie, by the way. It, it really <laughs> is giving, like, I, it's just like, yeah, your scrunchie is giving. Thank you. Yes. This isn't even my my giant one. I don't know where my giant one went. I, the dog's probably eating can it. We, but I have, like, one that is, like, so gigantor. Can we really bring them back? It. Can we bring? Yeah, so, I think so. Because, you know, I've seen, you know, a couple scrunchies there. coming up. And I'm just so, like, I feel like we should really embrace. Because, like, I mean, I envied both of my sisters and all of their scrunchies when I was younger. And I just really wish that I had enough hair to throw in a scrunchie. I would literally pretend (laughs) (laughs) in the mirror with invisible hair and a scrunchie just trying to feel the fantasy. Truly. I mean, I do I do love a scrunchie moment. Yeah. It is like right? one of my sometimes I'm like, this is my Britney Spears look, you yes. know, like free Britney. Like just like messy on top of my head. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I do like a low scrunchie chignon. <gasps> like I'm like a scrunchy <laughs> bitch. She, I'm not even kidding. She said, let me serve you the classy scrunchy chignon. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, I do I do a look, Shay. <laughs> that's like I part my hair in the middle. I pull it all back and I like twist my hair in a bun and then I put a scrunchie around it and I'm just like you know what this is me like, um, yeah that's fucking this is who I am I'm like yeah I'm like give you a Chanel suit and and a, 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 <laughs> a, a, a headshot on a bench and I will buy a house from you in a second. <laughs> That's right. I really am. You felt that the realtor jumped out. What's so funny is that we have like a, our good friend Chelsea is moving to New York and I have been acting as Chelsea's realtor. And I'm like, I am like a realtor at heart. Like I'm yes. dying to be a realtor. Like, yes, I want that. Like the suit. I want like a power bag. Yeah. I want to like do the deal. Mm-hmm. Chelsea, I, I don't have a license. Who is also so. a witch, who is also a cis woman who does drag. So, you know, it just makes sense that we bring her up. I feel like maybe you guys should collab on a scrunchie line. (gasps) Just saying. And just saying. And these are all pivots we could take. I mean, you know, so far, I'm super excited about the acting pivot. And I'm excited about like. Well, everything. It's funny. You have going on. Like acting was um, that was theater is where it all started you know because it was just like I was a kid with a lot of energy and personality and my parents were like if you don't get the fuck out this house you know so they were like let's do some (laughs) 
<laughs> let's do some plays, you know? And that was kind of, that was like where my, my lover, like, oh my goodness, telling stories, like taking on characters because I'm like an, I'm an empath and I'm like, oh wow, you can actually really affect people and, and, and really grasp their attention by like telling these stories. Like I can, that, that was like the first time that I started to feel powerful. Like I could command someone's attention, you know, in a, in a play or a Mm -hmm. musical. And I was just like, wow, that's really cool. I want to do that more. Did you think that you would like do act like you wanted to do actual shows like did you ever have Broadway dreams or what was your yeah when you were a kid yeah I did I was just like too faggoty so there just like wasn't really anything (laughs) ever I I I just wouldn't get cast in anything and then like there would be you were like unless like outside of like what like Angel and Rent right yeah I I even remember we did I mean um, I'm not even kidding like that's exactly that's like it we did um oh my gosh uh um George C. Wolfe's The Wild Party, the musical, and there's two black uh-huh. gay twin brothers who are incestuous. And when I tell you, every faggot was clawing each other's eyes out for those two roles. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we're gonna play brothers and we're gonna fuck each other. Um, <laughs> and, but, you know, obviously there's only two roles to go around, so I didn't get that one either. I was like, surely I was gay enough for that, but no. <laughs> no. Yeah, but I did, I did work That's in the costume really, shop on that one. It was fun. Right. Because you also do, you did cost, weren't you like a, that uh-huh. was your major, right? I, yeah. In college? I did a BA so that I could do costuming and performance. So sometimes I would design shows, you know, and do like the tech side. And then sometimes, yeah. you know, I would be one of the talent. And that, and that was cool because it gave me, um, I was able to understand both sides of it, you know, the, the being on stage and everything that went into it. So it, it both sides really helped inform me um, of just like how to be, I guess, more intuitive at my job. Cause theater is one of those things. It's like, you kind of gotta, you never know. You kind of gotta be able to do so many different things and be able to adapt. And so just kind of like yeah. knowing so many different ins and outs of it helped me in so many ways. Well, it is, it's interesting. Cause you know, no matter what you're sort of like, you know, as a, as a queer person, mm-hmm. um, or as like, a blonde cis white person like when you're when you limit yourself to just one lane mm-hmm. of entertainment you're you're really you really are just limiting yourself mm-hmm. because like even the you know like we all have people put us in like whatever boxes they want us to be right. in. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like you have to be able to be like, oh, I see your box mm-hmm. and then I'm going to come over here and I'm going to do this other thing for a minute mm-hmm. and like you can catch up yes. to what I'm putting out yes. into the world. Right? Yeah. And that's like, that's actually very similar yeah. to like the way that you phrase that is so similar to me of the way that I feel like RuPaul tells us to deal with our inner saboteurs where you listen to it. You're like, yes, I hear you. But mm-hmm. I'm going to go over here mm-hmm. and I'm going to do this thing. Mm-hmm. And it is very mm-hmm. that when people try and limit you and put you in your box, you're like, I see you. I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I get, I get that. You know, I'm not blind. But I see something else for myself. You may not see it yet. I'm just going to go over here and do it. And then hopefully eventually you're going to turn around and be like, oh, okay, now I see it. 
No, I see it. Yeah, and I have to say that like the um common thread with everyone that I know who's who's found like real sort of success and like been able to really resonate in entertainment are the people who don't lose that thread of the thing that makes them unhirable. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like for me, as this like blonde cis, like sort of pretty presenting human, mm-hmm. my shit was always like too weird, too loud, too like other to mm-hmm. be what Hollywood wanted me to like mm-hmm. be able to fit into. And so I was like, okay, that sucks. I'll try to be that other thing, but I can't, <laughs> you know? And then eventually you like, you go over and you do your other things. And then eventually like you figure, you find your path. Like that's the, that's the key. And so drag, it sounds to me like drag ended up being the path for you to now look at this moment, like full circle Yes, where you're going to be one of the stars of a film. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like this is this whole, this whole circuitous, journey that's like taking you right back because i feel like one thing that is really good in entertainment now and i feel like what people really do want to see you know it it would be these things you know where actors would be in the closet and try and present in a certain way so that they could appeal to the public i feel like now we have the luxury a lot of times of really being able to say this is authentically who i am And like, you can take it or you you can leave it, you know? And like, I feel like people are looking for those others, you know, because they're wanting to expand and make their stories more complex and, and, and enrich them more with these, these, these characters. And it's nice that now we're starting to think a little bit more outside of the box because like I, I, what you were saying triggered this memory of me, you know, of you being, you know, this pretty presenting blonde white girl. When I worked at this costume shop, um, after college, we would be doing these shows because we do them for like regional theaters and I'd have to, I was a stylist and have to pull things and The owner would be like, why didn't you put the ingenue in white? Ingenues wear white. And I was like, why do, why do ingenues wear white? And he's like, because they do. And then you're like, what is this arbitrary rule that you just made up about, okay, the ingenue in the show, she just wears white, I guess, you know, because innocence, whatever, whatever. But I was like, I virginal, never heard. Patriarchy. Yeah. I was like, and what? You know? And that was like, I was like, okay, well now I know that that's code and I need to like abide by this code. But yeah, it's like these really weird boxes and things that people set up in the, like, well, <laughs> she wasn't wearing white, you know, it's just like, that's what it feels like in the way that they try to place everybody in these little cookie cutter boxes. It's like, no, that's, that's, that's why people are actors. Right. To be able to like give you range. Right. (laughs) But it's also, but it's also like, I hope that the message starts to come across and I think it has, like, I really do think culturally it's making a difference. Um, that, you can embrace who you are, your unique personhood and present in any way that you want to present and that you will be able to do the thing that you love and like find success at it. And there will be an audience. There is an audience for it because if you are this person, guess what? There's a bunch of fucking other yous out there in the world. Absolutely. Right. And the culture is catching up and the culture will make a space 
Like always in the past, it has been like, well, how will people react to this? How will people react to this? Well, now we know every time that we take a chance and make a space for something that we've never made a space for before, it's always received. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's always received because there are a million other yous out there. Not exactly you, but people that are dying. Not exactly you, but people who like see themselves reflected in part. Yes. by pieces of you. Like I think about baby Shea Coulee is out there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. getting to watch Drag Race and seeing like just in the same way Miss J made an impact on yes. you in the same way. You know, I just feel like it's really, I don't know, it's really fucking cool. I'm so glad you're in this world yes. and doing oh, your doing so, your thing and fucking thriving. Yes. <laughs> And Shay, I want to say that I love an epiphany and you were saying that in your pivot when you didn't win that season of Drag Race that everybody expected you to win, that you tried to get a lesson from it. And I think that I also learned an important lesson from that and I remember it and I remember thinking that the lesson for me is that sometimes even when you're the best, you don't win. And that it doesn't mean that you're not the best. It doesn't mean that you're not the best that you can be. And it doesn't mean that you're not the best out of everybody. But sometimes uh-huh. even when you're th- at the top of your game and sometimes mm-hmm. when you're better than anybody else, sometimes on that day, you just don't win. It's not your day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I even think about how many times Beyonce has lost things where she was yes. literally, you're all like, who else is there? You know, and I and you know, you just have to remember that you're like, yeah, sometimes it's just not it's not meant for you. And and that is okay. And 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 uh, this is one thing that and she's not even she didn't even come up in entertainment, but Kim Chi, such a level-headed person. I love my and for a Leo too, so level-headed. I love her. <laughs> um <clears throat> When we were first, like little baby queens, you know, and girls are really competitive for gigs. Kim was always the girl that was just like, you can never be mad at a gig that somebody else got because it wasn't for you, you know? And Mm. she just really did put Mm -hmm. it simply like that. And I always just remember because I'm like, there will always be gigs. There will always be opportunities. And yes, there will be things that you want. And you're looking at somebody else like, oh, gosh, why didn't I get that? And you're like, the reason why you didn't is because it wasn't for you, baby. Because, like, you got to keep on working so that you can be, like, ready and poised to receive what is really meant for you. And when it does happen, you'll be like, huh, that's why I did the work. And that's why I, like, waited and kept manifesting this because, like, now it's here and I'm ready and I can appreciate it. Yes. And when the thing is for you, it is for you. That's it. And, like... And then it like all becomes clear. I've had that same exact epiphany. I spent a lot of years in my early career wondering why I wasn't Rachel McAdams in the notebook. But (laughs) I did audition for that. But I mean, the moment you said that, I I was all like, wait a second. I was like, I see it. The casting (laughs) director in me was like, I see it. I say yeah. <laughs> I was like, why? Why am I not Katie Heigl in Twenty Seven Dresses? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. I had those moments, mm-hmm. like those thoughts. Like, fuck, I was, <laughs> I was doing White Chicks in Vancouver, so I couldn't audition <laughs> for this other movie. You know what I mean? Like, I just was yes. like really plagued by it. 
And the moment that I realized I had some real fucking heartbreaks and then I had some real triumphs mm-hmm. after. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I get it now. Like I see the whole thing. And my triumph was someone else's real fucking heartbreak. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But I was just like, oh, this is the way this thing was meant for me. That other thing was not meant for me. I'm never having that career. That's not my career. Mm -hmm. I have my own. Yeah. And your career is going to be one that I'm very excited to continue to watch build and build and build. I'm excited too. (laughs) You're going places, baby. I mean, beyond. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was such a blast. You're so cute. We love you so much. And Shay, seriously, Casey, give Shay my information. And I'm serious. Reach out whenever you need anything. And I'm like, want to keep in touch and I will help you in any way. And Savannah, Georgia is real fucking weird (laughs) and you know it's haunted. So be, put all your witchery on and protect yourself white light. I have this. uh, Okay. So I have a witch hat. I have like, it's, 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 amazing um and it's this big wide brimmed like you know kind of like that erica badu big like hooded but and it has this patch and it says the art of knowing your best self and like that's Mm. my and like it has this little hook you can put like um feathers in it i put a porcupine quill in mine a special little porcupine quill that i have girl and like that like when you see me walking with my little amethyst dingling around my neck wearing that hat you better watch out girl because you're like she's coming through with a fierceness okay savannah is not prepared (laughs) you'll see if you're a witch like and if you feel the things like as soon as you get there you're like oh god oh uh because one of my (laughs) because i love new orleans i have family down there we go down there a lot you know and so one of my good friends was just all like oh girl well if you know the vibes of new orleans you'll feel it in the soil of savannah and i was like okay all right Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. i'm ready it's true it's like a yeah Definitely. Um, I'm excited for all of it. Okay. All right. Well, we adore you. We're so everybody. We're all so rooting for you, you know, since season nine, but like (laughs) continue to root and um, so happy for the win. Thank you. Happy for the next chapter and the pivots. And thank you for talking with us. And we're going to talk to you soon. Yeah, my absolute pleasure. Thank you both so much. Yay. Bye, Bye. delightful maybe i should write the introductions for people maybe that would be a way that things could go more smoothly for this podcast i mean i like i i like when you improv the introductions (laughs) because they're so insane and like like sometimes you're like does does busy remember who (laughs) is the interview this week (laughs) because you're really searching for that fucking name no i um i think it's funny it's funny to me (laughs) And like, it's a real tight. So if it's act. funny to you, it may be funny to someone else is what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. But she, I mean, listen, Shay is the greatest. I mean, the best. And the uh, nicest. Nicest. And I'm not kidding. I'm going to write that fucking movie and I'm going to write Shay right on into that. Yeah. Pole dancing movie. I why can't wait. Why would you not? Yeah, you well, have to. There's no reason why I wouldn't. <laughs> uh, yesterday when I was in my oh, the last couple of days when I was in just another just a, a, a vibe I put on um 
suspended in gaffa on repeat. First, the Kate Bush version, and then a cover by Rao Rao Riot that came out in 2008. And guys, I just really love that song. I just like, but you know that you're like, you know you're like really in it if you put a song on repeat and you listen to it for like an entire two days straight. Oh, yeah. That's like where you're like, oof. We're going to have to make that list. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, I'm working. I'm trying. Yeah. Like working toward it. I had a crazy like Sims thing happen yesterday. What happened? Do you guys want to hear? It's really fucking wild. Yeah. So, you know, depression. What a bitch when she shows up. And... So it was just a hard day and I was just like not feeling great. And I was lying down on my heating pad and Merck came in and was like, what, what do you want for dinner? Like we could get whatever you want, you know, like it, would that make you feel better or whatever? I was like, I don't care. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe something. And, uh, and then I was like, oh, Houston's, yeah, I really miss Houston's. You know, I love Houston's. Yes. I mean, who doesn't? Well, some people don't even know from Houston's, you know, Sarah Beth didn't even had never even had it. But that's where she's from, I think. Well, I know. But I'm just yeah. say, so I'm saying there may be lots of people listening. And they're like, what are you fucking talking about? That's true. Houston's is a chain restaurant. There was one where I grew up. Well, there were two where I grew up in Phoenix and Scottsdale. And it was like the place that we would go for fancy special occasions. Like yeah. it was like our go to like birthdays graduations, Father's Day, Mother's Day, whatever, grandparents in town. Like it was Houston's always. And so I have like such, such uh, like an affinity for it and comfort. Like it brings me such comfort. And if you know Houston's or the Hillstone group, because mm -hmm. <laughs> years ago when they, they, well, you know why they did that, right? You, they used to they used to all be Houston's right all around the country and then years ago when the FDA passed the thing that like over a certain number of restaurants means that you're a chain restaurant and you have to put your like fat and calorie information on, on your menu. menu Houston's was like no 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 we are not doing that so they split them up oh. and like named them different things which is Genius. Truly such a chef's kiss genius. <laughs> yep. Because you never have to know how much fat and calories or whatever is in the spinach dip or the ribs or my personal favorite, the veggie burger, which I have a feeling is probably like the most fattening and caloric thing on the menu. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But they get to like still exist and they just have different names. So uh, in New York City, for example, it is a Hillstone. It's not a Houston's, but they don't offer. We've talked. This is like the second time we've talked about this. I think so. Restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I talked about the French fries. Yeah. So they don't yes. they don't offer they don't offer delivery. They only have takeout. Um, and so we'd have to go pick it up. But we were like, Mark was like, let's just do it. Like, it's fine. Whatever. I'm like, okay, fine. So we order it. I get my, I'm going to get my veggie burger. I'm so fucking excited. And he's like, you know, I was wearing sweats. He's like, you know, I think, I think we both should go so that in case there's not parking, one person can jump out and get the, and get the food and the other person can just like circle or whatever. And I was like, uh, I guess I have to get up, huh? 
I'm like, is Sarah Beth home? Can, yeah, can she go with you? And he's like, I mean, I think it needs to be you. Um, it's a little, you know, it's for you. Like this. Come <laughs> on. I'm like, okay, sure. So I got up and got dressed and we went down to get the car and, uh, and he's like, well, do you, do you want to jump out and get the food or do you want to drive? And I was like, ugh you know, I love driving and that I have been really depressed. And so sometimes driving really makes me feel good. So maybe I should drive, but I also really want to go inside of a Houston's and just see it and like feel the vibe of a Houston's, you know? Yeah. So, but you know what? No, I want to drive and listen to suspended and gaffa. And he's like, Oh boy. So we got, I got in the car, we drove there, listened to suspended and gaffa, obviously. And, uh, then we pulled up and I was like, oh my God, is that a parking spot? Like literally right in front. So I pulled in and he was like, Mark was like, do you want to just run? Why don't you run in? I know it'll mean a lot to you since we have this parking spot. You can just run in and I'll stay here. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he was like, wait, it is actually a spot. We can park here. I'm like, oh, cool. And he's like, I want to come in too and see Houston's. I'm just saying there are a lot of points. There are a lot of points at which different decisions could be made in order for this simulation thing to not have happened. Yeah. This is why of, I'm telling you yeah. all of these like very specific details of like how it came to be that I realized this is a simulation. A lot of stars aligned. A lot of things had to line up. So, uh, so we go in and they hand us, we go up to the host stand and they hand us the food. And, uh, it, I was like, let's just make sure they have everything. Cause I'm not, I'm not, and Mark looks in, he's like, oh, they forgot the drinks. So he's like, excuse me, the drinks. And she's like, oh, shoot, let me go check on those. And so she walked away and we were just standing up there by the host. And, you know, restaurants are, I don't know what capacity they're operating at indoors, but it, I will say two things. Number one, I was incredibly soothed to be in that dim light and the dark wood of a Houston's. Yes. And I was also like uncomfortable and like counting the minutes in my head of like, how long can I be in here before I'm like putting myself at risk yeah. um, of breathing in because all these people are not wearing masks and they're just like chewing and talking and eating. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, and, but you know, so a little nervous and then I don't even seemingly out of nowhere, this group of people comes because they didn't come from the entrance where we came in. They came in from a different way. And I don't know how. And they come in and it's like a woman with like a very old, small pug that's <laughs> wearing like a full <laughs> outfit that says like, I am a service animal and like has like a lot of different badges on it. And, and then um, like two kids that looked like they were twins, like around four-ish maybe. And then another woman and then a third woman who was very tall and had what in the dim light of Houston's I thought initially was a service pony horse. <laughs> I thought like this, I thought this is the moment I see a service pony in person. It was not, it was a standard poodle oh. that was giving oh. me like a very intense Pony vibe. Pony vibes. Like, that's how big this They're dog very was. Big. Like, it was. Yeah. yeah. But Real also, like, are huge. But also, like, weirdly, like, not that curly. I don't even, I don't know how to describe it. It yeah. looked like a horse. Also, it had a blowout. Also, wearing why I think I mistook it for a pony, also wearing a full service 
identification outfit, but that like sort of was draped over like you would see on a donkey or a oh, sure. miniature yeah. horse. Yeah. So that's why I assumed the horse. But then they just stood way too, they were so close to us. And I was like, we didn't even talk about it. We didn't look at each other. We didn't talk about it. I just like backed up away and like went back into the corner and turned around where they had like a very empty little um, cocktail table. You know, no one's, no one's having their happy hours there anymore. <laughs> And, and I just was standing at the cocktail table and like right next to the wall and looking at this like big piece of art that was hanging on the wall. Also, if you've been to Houston's, you know, they all do have different artwork in the Houston's, but it's all like sort of similar of vibe, vibe. but not, it's a vibe. It's the, the artwork in Houston's and Hills. It's a vibe. But I was just like looking at this picture, just sort of like looking at it. Hmm. And then the girl comes with the drinks and I was like, wait, the fucking, what the fuck? What the fuck? Mark's like, what is happening? What is happening? I took a picture of the painting. I'm going to show it to you right now. This is the painting at Houston's. Okay. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Can you guys see it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to put this on the, ins- on my Instagram guys. One hour earlier when I was lying in bed, depressed, and not knowing what to order and whatever. I was just scrolling through Instagram. I was just watching Instagram stories like sort of peripherally, like just had them on. They were just running. You know how you yeah. do that sometimes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys do. Yes. yes. Kelly Oxford had posted this. <gasps> oh, wow. I had seen this an hour before. So an for, half before. for those of you who can't see, it's the same fucking the podcast. Painting. It's a, it's a, is it a photograph? It's a photograph. It's a photograph from another account. Like right. it's a post from another account that Kelly had posted of an interior. Like just like, just this like is this, a nice which interior. Is also like, yeah. But also like not really Kelly's vibe. I just right. have to say right. in terms of like the things that Kelly posts on her Instagram stories. Right. Necessarily. And it's, it's from another account. It's like a cool interior of what looks like a very fancy apartment. I would think somewhere in Europe is what I'm going to say. Yeah. And it's, and a, in the, ba- it's a photograph and in of the background, a man, but in the background is yeah. the exact piece of art that is hanging, that is hanging in the Houston's that yes. I stood there staring at and then was like, what? is happening in my brain right now something is clicking what is it and then when I realized it and I went back to her Instagram and thankfully that story was still up oh my gosh because it was like it was like 20 hours like she had posted it the night before oh you know so weird you know what I'm saying like is that a super famous piece of art it's by Chuck Close that is so wild. Well, you know, you love a good Sims theory type I do of... love a good Sims theory. I do feel like it's all a little bit too much, but okay. You know what I mean? What the fuck is this simulation? What <laughs> happened? Have we righted ourselves? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. have we done enough yet yeah. to... Make it okay, because I'm ready for some some new version. Yeah, we need upgrade. we need whoever is playing this video game 
to, to get the new to get the new computer and the new box of Sims. <laughs> I think we got. I think that we. I mean, I think. I mean, personally, I do think like I have leveled up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. in my game playing, yeah. and I'm I'm happy for that. Um, but I'm just like I I just I want to know more. Sometimes I feel like I'm very close to getting into the matrix. You know what I mean? <laughs> Especially if I, yes. if, especially if I like meditate, mm-hmm. but like that Chuck Close thing, that's like a real fucking weird thing. Yeah. So I'm trying to see on here, guys, if you can even buy that, that thing that, the, that piece of art that was in both of those places. Oh, wait, here it is. Wait, I got it. I'm on Artsy. You know what Artsy is. It's like Etsy, but it's Artsy. <laughs> Whoa, they're expensive. There you go. Houston's not fucking around. He seems like a guy you'd know, Biz. It's Philip Glass. It's the composer. Yeah. Right? I think so. Yeah, it's Philip Glass. Well, guys, I think what we now know is that I'm going to have to buy this, I guess. (laughs) I'm going to have to contact one of these galleries and get this painting. Here's the other thing I want to get a girl that I'm friends with on, in, well, in real life, but also follow on Instagram. When I was scrolling yesterday, her mom had sent a bunch of old T-shirts yeah. to her that she had saved like from her childhood. And she had, I want to get this for Brie. I want to find it on eBay or like Etsy. She had a Titanic T-shirt with like Leo and Kate <laughs> from the movie Titanic. It's so funny and weird. And I want to get one for birds. Oh, my gosh. To this day, my husband and I crack up laughing because back then, whenever anything was popular, they would sell things on TV that, you know, that teenagers would want or whatever that kids would want. And they were selling a jewel of the sea necklace on TV. And so there was a like a knockoff. And there was um there was a commercial where a girl was just like, I, I want to say she was just like sitting on a bench or whatever, or like sitting at school with that, that stupid necklace on. And like her friend like rides her bike up or something and goes, jewel of the sea. I hate you. No. <laughs> and like to this day, we've never been able to find the commercial online but we both know it existed because we both know but to this day like every time I put on a necklace in my life my husband always says Julius see I hate you oh my god that is <laughs> That's a good one. If anyone ever saw that commercial or you ever recorded it on a VHS tape, please. Or you're the actress who was in the commercial. If you're the actor, yeah. If you were in it or you made that commercial, please know that it was the best media that's ever been made. Well, and guys, I want to say this. If you have your own Sims story that you would like to share with us, I think Casey has our email. Don't you? Yes. Busy doing her best at gmail.com. Busy doing her best at gmail.com. Shoot us an Great. email. We want to hear from you. Shoot us an email. I want to hear your Sim stories, guys. I'm, I want to hear your theories. I want to hear what you think is happening. One time I you thought there was hear... a glitch in the Matrix. When, yeah, yes, a glitch in the Matrix. If you've been inside the Matrix, I want to hear your experience. I need to know it all. Please email us with your crazy shit. 
Um, in the meanwhile, I'm going to go, I'm off now. I'm researching um, how I'm going to buy this painting. And because <laughs> uh, obviously that's the lesson that I'm taking from this is that like I need to buy that painting. Um, and uh, I'm going to go. I'm going back on the pole today, guys. Oh, exciting. Watch your ribs. Yeah, it's time. It's time. I'm not going to do anything crazy, I think, okay. is the is the move. I think I'm not okay. going to do any crazy moves today. I'm going to just sort of take it easy and maybe do some spins. Just have a fun time on that pole. Okay. So anyway, guys, until next week, we love you. We love you. you. <laughs> and uh, thanks for hanging in with us. Uh We'll hang in for you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Oh, no.